Well, here at Batting 1000, we are nearing the end of season one. We've had incredible guests ranging from the CEO of a major industry publication to the host of a nationally syndicated radio show to sought after economists and more. If you missed some of the season, don't worry. We'll be sharing highlights from these conversations and others during our upcoming season one replay, where we'll listen to and dissect our favorite moments from all of season one before we enjoy a brief off season ahead of season two. Speaking of which, we need your help to build our lineup. If you or someone you know should be Dale's next guest on Petting 1000, let us know at dalevermillion.com forward slash listen or by emailing our team at listen at dalevermillion.com. It can have a tendency to become the end right? Money is the aim. It's no longer the tool to accomplish what I believe I'm, I'm supposed to accomplish. And when it becomes the end in and of itself, which is not its proper role, it has a grip on our lives um, that can be really unhealthy. And generosity, the act of holding it loosely and giving generously to participate in the lives of helping others uh, just brings not only incredible joy, as you know, Dale, uh, but also it loosens the grip of money over your life so you can live with freedom and contentment and joy. And that's something that Ron has really taught me well. You're listening to Batting 1000 with Dale Vermillion, where heavy hitters from mortgage, real estate, and business share their secrets for lasting success. With your host, award-winning sales strategist and industry icon, Dale Vermillion. Well, welcome back to another edition of Batting 1000, where, as you know, we have the heavy hitters um, in uh, just not just the mortgage industry, but the financial sector. And today I've got a really, really special guest, dear friend for a long time. Uh, today we get to, to have Rob West. And, and let me tell you a bit about Rob before I bring him in. Uh, Rob is the host of the nationally syndicated MoneyWise and MoneyWise Live. He is heard on 1,700 radio outlets every day. Um, he is the president of Kingdom Advisors, which is an international community of Christian financial professionals. Um, and he's also the primary spokesperson person for the organization. He leads the organization. He, he is just an incredible, incredible man with tons of wisdom. He has dedicated his professional career to work at the intersection of both faith and finance and helping people to really understand how to live a very holistic life financially, how to weave it into every aspect of their faith and their families and their belief. Uh, and I just love this man to death. He previously led a successful faith-based financial services firm, and he speaks frequently on this topic. Uh, he, him and his wife, Julie, uh, live outside of Georgia uh, with their four children. And uh, Rob, welcome to the show. I am so glad to be with you, my friend. We, we we share a common faith and we also share a commonality in having four children. So we, we, we're, we're doing good on both fronts on those. That's exactly right, Dale. It's a privilege to be with you. I share your sentiments and appreciate you being a regular contributor on our program and uh, just really excited to be able to uh, join you for a few minutes today. Well, Rob, you know, I'm super excited about this, not only because we've known each other for a long time, and I just, I really, really um, appreciate your wisdom in so many areas, both in leadership for business and your advice when it comes to finances and just life in general. So I want to unpack a bunch of those things today. And let, let's start here. Let's begin by talking a little bit. You know, you, you've dedicated your life to finances and, you know, generally on, on betting a thousand, we'll have business leaders, we'll have uh, people who are uh, influential in different areas of the market. Today is unique because you really bring two sides of the equation. 
and that is advice on on the marketplace, on leadership and all those, but also just some personal advice for, you know, the mortgage professionals out there, the the leaders that are out there listening on how to live out their finances the right way. So let's unpack that for a minute first. And let's talk a little bit about, you know, some of the things that you think are critical in this crazy world we live in today with coronavirus, with, you know, high inflation, with a changing economy, with all of the factors we're dealing with. What are some of the key things that you think are critical critical for people listening today to think about when it comes to finances and when it comes to giving, something you and I share a lot. I wore my love, give, and go shirt today in, in honor of you. Um, we share that that love too. Just kind of give us a little bit of perspective on that. Well, I'd be happy to. And, um, you know, this is a topic, obviously, that I'm incredibly passionate about. And I think to your point, Dale, um, there is a lot of confusion in the marketplace. We find ourselves in interesting times, although I'm not sure that every decade hasn't had its interesting times, but this one has its own set of uh, challenges. And so I think, you know, one of my key messages is to keep it simple, um, to really make sure we keep the main thing, the main thing, and go back to the basics, the blocking and tackling, if you will, of finances, which basically says that among all of the opportunities we have to use the resources we've been entrusted, it really comes down to four big ideas. There's the money we live on, the money we give, the money we owe, and the money we're growing. And uh, as we unpack each of those areas, we can see wise principles that we need to apply in each of them. And really, if we just do five simple things, we live on less than we earn, which is harder to do than it sounds, as you know, but it's the key to every financial success. And we minimize the use of debt, meaning we use it where it, only in cases where the economic cost is less than the economic gain. And we have unity with our spouse and we can talk about some of those principles, but we're minimizing the use of debt. Uh, we're having some margin in our financial life, meaning uh, you know we have the ability to uh, do things beyond the day to day. We can pursue our goals through that margin and surplus that we have. And that requires intentionality it also requires that we protest against the tendency uh, for our level of spending to always rise to our level of income, um, which is, is challenging to do in and of itself. We want to set long-term goals, so we need to know where we're going so we can ultimately get there, and we want to give generously. And if we do those five things, live within our means, minimize the use of debt, uh, have some margin or some surplus in our financial life, set long-term goals and give generously, I know it sounds really simple, but I think that gets us then on a path to accomplish the things that we would like to accomplish uh, with our finances. Awesome. awesome. Th th those are great five, just fundamental, um, very, very powerful tips for people to follow. L let me ask you this question because you know, you're you're on national radio programs across the country every single day. Seventeen hundred different radio stations you're you're reaching each day. That is a lot of people that you're talking to on a daily basis. You are well in touch with the economy and the market. You know, when we're looking at the, the mortgage market um, as we go into 2022 here, uh, we're seeing a major shift uh, with interest rates rising. Th that's going to have an impact on production for refinances. It could change um, the income of some of the mortgage professionals who in the last two years have had, you know, incredible years with incredible growth, have been able to, to really uh, be very successful from a financial standpoint. But I think this is a time where there's some wisdom we need to really heed about, you know, 
making sure we have reserves and making sure that we're saving properly and making sure we're thinking ahead. I would love to get your thoughts for those people listening who've come off of a couple of great years. And, you know, even though I'm teaching people every day how to master this coming market and how to continue to succeed, there is a possibility that incomes are going to reduce a little bit in the coming year. So what would be your your one or two top bits of advice to, to those individuals today? Yeah. Well, I think it always comes back to having a plan, Dale. I know you talk about this a lot. You know, it's really critical that you look not only back to reflect on where you've been, and that includes what's working, what's not working in my financial life. I think that includes developing a rhythm of gratitude so we can appreciate what we have and develop this uh, idea of contentment, not that we want to just settle for uh, what we have today and we don't wanna try to pursue increasing our income or achieving our goals. That's not what I'm saying. Contentment is just about accepting the provision that we have today, whatever that is, and living confidently within it. But then we wanna look forward and say, where are we headed? And you're exactly right. We have some challenges uh, ahead. Uh, We had some headwinds that um, have reared their ugly heads. Um, Monetary policy is changing rapidly, and that's going to involve rising interest rates. We have obviously inflation uh, that has creeped up. And it's despite what the Fed said around it being transitory, which is their word for temporary, we're seeing that they're now backing away from that. And some of these increases in prices uh, are going to be with us for a while. That's going to create some challenges. We've had a market that's just been roaring on the upside, certainly, you know, the last year, but in the last couple of years, but even the decade before that. And so, we're a bit overvalued, even though our economy is still strong, the consumer's strong. And in our place in the world, the U.S. is still incredibly strong and the U.S. dollar. But we've also got some debt issues we're going to have to deal with uh, down the road. And I mean, the amount of debt we've taken on in the nation is staggering and um, we can handle it. I mean, we're still better off than a lot of countries uh, and our economy can support it. But what's the trajectory of this? And what about for our kids and grandkids? And what are they going to be dealing with? So you put all that together. And yeah, I mean, I, I would expect and the people that I trust uh, are saying that the market's going to be at best choppy over the next year. And, you know, could we find ourselves in a situation where, you know, interest rates are a bit higher than they are today, a year from now? Absolutely. Could we find ourselves in a recession in a couple of years? Uh, Sure. You know, I mean, these economies are cyclical and we've been kind of on this uh, upward cycle here for quite a while now. So what does all that mean? Well, it means I need to be responsible, found faithful, I would say, um, with what passes through my hands. And the only way I can do that is to be planning and projecting and looking forward, going back to those five principles I shared, and then running some scenarios. What would it look like for me to live on 20% less? And how would I need to reorder my finances? Do I have enough margin so that I could absorb some kind of hit like that? Do I have a properly funded emergency fund? I talk about that with a lot of our callers. You know, I'm, I'd love for you to have three to six months expenses in a liquid savings account that's not at the risk of the market because, you, you know, when you need it and the unexpected will come, which that unexpected could be a, a loss of income, uh, all or part. It could be a major expense that was unanticipated. We want to be able to rely on that and obviously not have to tap debt. So I think it's really just about reflecting back, looking forward, planning, coming back to the basics. And it all really is driven by my lifestyle, which I think is the greatest barrier 
to financial success when we allow lifestyle creep, I call it, to really take uh, take over and um, allow us to live beyond our means. Well, I love I love that phrase, lifestyle creep. That's a great that's a great visual picture of exactly the problem. And I, and I loved how you talked about contentment. You know, we, we we tend to in an industry that we're in where people can really you know have unlimited incomes for all intents and purposes. You know, contentment isn't always the goal, and it always should be the goal. We we really don't need to have more than than what makes us content. And when we put ourselves in that position, we're really being faithful stewards with the money that that we're given. It's just that simple. Um, you you mentioned something there about overvalued, and and I think that's a key word here because. We're overvalued in the real estate market. There's no question about it. Property values have gone up, you know, exponentially. Uh, we saw an 18% increase just from September to September this year was the last stat that I saw for annual increase on a national average. That, that's a that's a whopping statistic um, when you compare back to previous decades. And having been in this business almost four decades now, that's one of the highest years of increase we've ever seen. We've seen over 10 years of property value increases. So. Values are overpriced uh, and overvalued on properties. Uh, the stock market's been overvalued. So we want to be conservative in these times. I think I think that's a lot of wisdom that you're providing to, to the audience. So let's talk about Kingdom Advisors. You, you, you are the head of Kingdom Advisors. You work predominantly with financial planners. A couple of things I want to unpack in that. I know that uh, you know in, in the audience that listens to this show, many of them are in the mortgage uh, sector. And, you know, there's never been a great connection between the mortgage side and the financial planner side. And there should be. I tell the story all the time. Back when I was uh, a manager running loan officers, I, I built a connection with a um, with a CPA who literally I made a loan to. And, and the loan was fantastic. Changed their life. I was helping them to pay off debt, helped them to get out of debt sooner, reduce their term on their mortgage from a 30-year loan down to a 15-year loan. You know, did all the right things for them, helped them build a college fund. And when I sat down with that CPA and said, you know, how did it go? He said, really good. I said, well, would you be willing to refer me to your, to your clients? He said, yeah. I, I, in fact, I'll send an endorsement letter about you. I said, well, how many clients do you have? He said, 1,100. <laughs> and I said, that'll work. And literally, um, within a matter of two weeks, I got over 120 applications from that one CPA who then introduced me to five financial planners, five more CPAs, ended up being hundreds of millions of dollars in business over a period of time. So the financial planning community is an incredible community when it comes to the synergies between mortgage because financial planners know everything about their customer's financial situation. The demographics generally are going to be those, you know, higher FICO score, you know, well-established people. Generally, that's who has a financial planner in most cases, not in all cases, but in a lot of cases. And, and it really brings an opportunity in the mortgage sector because millennials are, you know, a huge portion of our business this year in the mortgage sector. Uh, we work with a lot of the baby boomers on second homes and refinancing their current homes. So tell me about Kingdom Advisors. Let the audience know about that. I want to hear more about that, how you started that, how you got involved in that, you know, what is key there. And then talk to us a little bit about where you see the synergies between mortgage and financial planners and how would a mortgage uh, company or a mortgage individual what language should they be speaking to financial planners in order to build that conversation for an opportunity to work together in a referral network? Yeah, boy, that's great. And I couldn't agree more. I think the opportunity for synergistic relationships between mortgage broker uh, and financial professional, be it planner, investment advisor, wealth manager, is enormous. Um, 
So Kingdom Advisors, um, we built a firm over 10 years, um, you know, with a, about 300 million under management. And, um, you know, we're doing really well serving a, a group of really generous folks. There was a real benefit, not only to the client, but also to the advisor and the firm that employs those advisors when uh, advisors can deliver advice that uh, offers a values match. And the idea behind that is, you know, we also we all have deeply held values and beliefs. My advisor understands that and can give competent financial counsel that aligns with my deeply held values and priorities. Everybody wins because now I'm going one level below goals and I'm really getting into the beliefs that inform my behaviors to make sure that the decisions I'm making financially are consistent um, with who I am at my core. Um, and it it often doesn't involve different products and strategies. It really is more about the why. And then beyond that, thinking about legacy, how do you leave a legacy, not only financial capital, but character capital as well? And how do you transfer that to the next generation and retirement and debt and you know lifestyle, all these issues. And so uh, we set out after I ended up selling my firm and joining Kingdom Advisors and now serving in the role of president, we set out to really create this army of men and women who wanted to be specialists in delivering advice. Um, here we are uh, now, I guess it's been uh, 19 years later, because um, we were founded in 2003, that um, you know we have 3,500 uh, financial professionals that are members of Kingdom Advisors. We've got about uh, 1,500 of those that have earned our designation, Certified Kingdom Advisor, which is now widely accepted throughout the industry. More than 50 firms have approved it for use with their advisors. And what's happening is, uh, which is very interesting, is that the growth of Kingdom Advisors is paralleling, uh, Dale, in many ways, what's taking place in the financial services industry. Because in the age of fee compression, robo-advisors, you know, algorithms that can deliver financial planning and investment management, uh, you know, through a, a computer output, um, the, the advisor is really trying to answer the question, how do I move up the value chain with my clients? How do I add value to this relationship if my primary offering is being commoditized? And one of the ways that financial professionals are doing that, and I assume uh, mortgage professionals are as well, is to specialize in niche markets where there are real planning differentiators and unique planning needs. Um, so that's really you know, what we're all about. And I think, you know, the opportunity is significant. Um, in terms of the, your audience, Dale, I think the key would be, you know, we provide a lot of connecting points for uh, professionals to create community with one another. Um, so we have 250 study groups that meet every month in cities all over the U.S. and Canada. Uh, Anybody is welcome to attend those if you're a financial professional, and I would include a mortgage professional certainly in that. And I think the key to your second question is really tied to this, and that is building relationships with one another. I mean, this is obviously a relationship business, not only mortgage professional to client, but mortgage professional to financial planner or mortgage professional to wealth manager. It's all about a relationship. And I think the extent to which they can forge meaningful relationships not only to refer business to one another, but also to understand each other's core competencies, 
In my experience, every financial planner, and this was certainly true for me, needs a trusted mortgage professional that they have confidence in because this is, let's be honest, the largest transaction their clients will ever have, and they don't want to hand them off to anybody. And so having that relationship is key. So I would love for Kingdom Advisors to be a connecting point of sorts for the folks watching this um, you know, podcast to have an entree and a forum and a community to connect with uh, the 3,500 Kingdom Advisors we have around the country. How would how would somebody watching do that? What's what's the best way to connect with you, connect with your organization, connect with the financial planners you have to sit down and talk about you know ways to do that? And first off, I, I want to say I applaud you know what you've done and how you guys have really centered a lot of what you do around the importance of giving back, of of using your wealth for purposes that make a difference. Something that's near and dear to my heart, I know near and dear to your heart. This is a this is a value we've shared for a long, long time, and. Um, so how could people really connect out to you to do that? Yeah, well, I think one of the easiest ways would be just to go to our website, kingdomadvisors.com. And we have a study group search uh, tool there where they could just literally put in a zip code, find the study group of Kingdom Advisor professionals that are near them and reach out to the study group leader and say, hey, I'm going to attend this month and you know, show up and be a part of it. Obviously, those all used to be in person for the most part. Many of them are now virtual. They're slowly becoming uh, more, you know, in person uh, in the midst of the pandemic. But um, I'd love for you all just to connect with one of our study groups in a city near you. Right. So, so let's talk for a minute about the the mortgage piece. You mentioned a moment ago, dead on the mark. A mortgage is a major part of the financial plan. Um, you and I talk about this on your radio program. You know, every time I'm on there, we talk about the importance of 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 that for consumers making wise decisions. Give me a little bit of your perspective on um, how you think. Um, the mortgage connection to a financial planner, how that can flourish by having that mortgage provider provide advice. Because look, I think sometimes we assume the financial planners, they're mortgage experts, but they're not. They, they, they understand the, the size of the investment, the importance of the investment. But I always tell the story, you know, years ago, my wife, Laurel and I, um, we hired a financial planner when I was early in my business, just starting to build my business because we wanted to make sure that we provided for our children properly and, and gave back properly. And we thought that advice would be great. And it was interesting when I sat down with him and we talked about mortgage advice, he gave me almost the opposite advice that I would give a consumer or give you know anybody else today because his mindset was go the longest term you possibly can, you know, create as much monthly savings. And I said, no, that's really not the way that I see it. I think it's the opposite approach you wanna look at. Um, and what I learned was he was so knowledgeable in so many areas, but he was missing a little bit of that understanding of how you really can build great financial advice around a mortgage because it is one of the major investment pieces of your pie. Any thoughts you have to share on that? I would love to hear from the audience because I'd love them to get your perspective on that. They've heard mine many times if they followed me. I would love for them to hear yours on that. Well, as you know, you and I really think uh, very closely on this issue. We're very much aligned in terms of the role of debt and how we use it, the fact that we want to get out of it as quickly as possible, and that uh, we want to be wise in terms of how we structure our debt, not as a uh, using it to 
you know, string it out as long as possible, but really to try to eliminate debt over time. And a mortgage professional who understands that recognizes that having a mortgage is still a key tool and a key part of the financial plan, but structuring it in a way that leads toward it ultimately being paid off is really key, um, you know, and, and I go back to biblical wisdom on this and we see uh, borrowing is not a sin, but uh, we see clear warnings in there as it relates to uh, how it changes the relationship and how it can limit us in the future in terms of flexibility. So I think, you know, building those relationships in a way that the financial planner is able to benefit from the knowledge and insight uh, of the professional. So through that trusted relationship, there's actually education that's transferring uh, to that uh, financial professional so that uh, he or she can articulate uh, a proper view of how to manage debt wisely and how to structure a mortgage and then use that trusted professional as a referral source is absolutely key. Um, you know, as a financial advisor, you need a couple of key relationships. You need a mortgage professional. You need folks who specialize in insurance. You need an estate planning attorney. You need a, uh, an accountant or a, a tax professional. And, you know, I would say, you know, a mortgage professional is equal to the importance of all of those. Um, so again, it's just about being intentional, I think, to forge those relationships. And the Wendale is exactly what you described. And that is once a financial advisor begins to appreciate the value that, that the mortgage professional brings and understanding uh, kind of their approach to it uh, and a trust relationship is forged, the referrals that will follow, you know, will be a, immense. Awesome. So there's, as, as you just said, and I see it too, there's so many synergies between those two. And it, it's interesting because as we talk about debt, you and I both share the same feeling that we want people to be out of debt, not into debt, which is interesting when I'm in an industry for 40 years that we're built on debt. That's what the mortgage industry is. But you know, a lot of times when we talk about that, it's a segregation of those debts, meaning that consumer debt, credit cards, that kind of thing is the most dangerous of the debts that are out there. And that's what we want to help people get out of as quick as they can. And then be wise about term on mortgage and helping borrowers get out of their debt obligation faster on that. Because the fact of the matter is we all know that, you know, debt in a mortgage is a very much needed thing in America with the price of homes. People can't just pay cash. It'd be great if we could. It'd be great if everybody had enough cash to pay for their home that way. But the bottom line is the need for a mortgage professional is so vitally important to our economy. It's such a great position and role, but really wise advisors on the mortgage side understand that when you're sitting down with that customer, one of the key conversations you need to be having is around the term of that mortgage because everybody tends to lean towards a 30-year mortgage. I'm a firm believer that nobody should get a 30-year mortgage for all intents and purposes. And I know some people have to just to qualify, but at the end of the day, the shorter term you can get them into, the better it's going to be for that client. And having a partnership with a financial advisor is going to make a big difference. And I love what you said there a minute ago, Rob, and I've always preached this to everybody I've ever trained. As a mortgage professional, just like you preach to financial planners and advisors, you should have a network. You should be meeting regularly. I, I always recommend at least once a month with a group of other professionals in the financial services industries, exactly who you talked about, a, a tax preparer, an insurance person, somebody who's a CPA, somebody who's in financial planning advice, a wealth manager, 
people where not only can you share wisdom and knowledge and grow in your in your ability to help your customers make wise decisions all the way around, but man, you can learn so much from each other in that process. And I think that's key. So let me let me turn the corner here, uh, Rob. You you have led, uh, you know, you've done huge events. You, you, you've led organizations. Uh, you've been influential as a leader on a lot of different fronts. And you've met some of the most incredible leaders in the country. Um, I mean, I, I look at the, the lineup of the people that speak at Kingdom Advisors every year at your annual conference that's coming up. It's unbelievable. It is, it is just loaded with people with wisdom and knowledge. Share a little bit. A lot of people listening to this podcast are in leadership roles or want to be in leadership roles. Share some of the leadership principles that have been meaningful to you and, and some, some strategies and some tips that you would give to people in leading their teams, leading their organizations, and even just personal leadership in today's world. Mm, yeah. Well, I think one of the biggest ones, Dale, is just the role of mentoring. And, you know, I have uh, had a practice for a long time that really there should be three mentor relationships that we all have that are ongoing. Uh, we should be mentoring somebody. So somebody that is your junior, perhaps in age, but maybe uh, in the industry at the very least, um, that you're mentoring. Uh, you should have a peer mentoring relationship in the sense that somebody in your life that can ask you the hard questions, that can hold you accountable, that can really challenge you in areas in a way that you'll receive it well, and that has permission uh, to challenge you. And if you're married, even perhaps calling your wife and, or husband and saying, how's he or she doing? Um, you know, that that's a special relationship that most people don't have. And I think it's invaluable. So to your junior and then peer to peer, and then somebody that's mentoring you that's either more seasoned, uh, is older in age with more wisdom and experience that you can be learning from. And I think you should have all three of these relationships going on uh, at all times, no matter the age that you are. And so, uh, you know, that's been something that's been invaluable to me that I would just really encourage you to think deeply about. I think the second thing is um, having a coach. You know, at various times in my career, uh, I've had a, a business coach um, and it can be seen as an unnecessary expense um, and yet it's invaluable. And I know Dale, you and uh, Mortgage Champions really serves in that role as a coach of sorts, but also having somebody who's a personal coach that you're meeting with regularly and that really is helping you with um, with best practices, uh, I just think is critical. And then with your team, I think, you know, it's just so critical that you have enough margin in your life um, that you can really invest in people's lives and show them that you care. Uh, the problem is that in this day and age, we're just so busy um, that it can really just crowd out any white space uh, for meaningful relationships. And that can include the time that gets eroded with our family, uh, the people that we care about the most, because we're just kind of running and gunning and, and we just don't have any time left. And when we do finally get home or we have uh, time to be with family, we're distracted. We're not fully present. And I think that all comes down to white space, really having the margin built in in our life, being really good at saying no, which uh, often is something that we, we find challenging to do. And even in the church, you know, uh, you can say yes to so many things in terms of volunteering and leadership and so forth. And 
they're good things. The problem is you can't do everything, right? And so your ability to say no, and even, you know, having a, uh, you know, it's, you know, the ability to say no to people who call on you professionally and just, you know, have a, you know, template set up and email responses just to say, you know, I appreciate you asking and inviting me to do this or that. But um, in order to accomplish my goals, I only have so much time. And so I'm, I'm not able to do that. But thank you so much for asking. And so being gracious, but being willing to say no, because really having margin and eliminating hurry, hurried um, uh, operating, uh, operating with with hurry and um, and busyness, I think, is just the enemy of ultimately what we're trying to accomplish. So I would say those would be maybe the some of the things at least I've been thinking about lately. You know, if I had a microphone, I'd drop it right now because that was so good. That was so rich. And and the question I want to ask you is this: You talk about margin in your life, and I think this is where most people struggle the most. By the way. The comments you made about having a coach, about having an accountability partnership in different areas of your life, personal, professional, physical, spiritual, all of those things. Again, th these are things that are common practices I teach leaders every single day. I've yet to meet a highly successful person who doesn't have those things in their life. We can't do this thing on our own. We're not designed to. We're designed to be in community. We're designed to have accountability. Um, those things are important. Uh, Proverbs 27, 17 says, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Th th those are really, really key attributes to leadership. But let's talk about that margin thing for a minute, because I'm pretty sure everybody in the audience er ears perked up and said, okay, where do you find the margin? And you know, you're a good resource for this answer, because I know how busy your schedule is. I know how many things you're doing and how many yeah. things you're asked to do. How do you create strategically that margin in your life so that you can have the time to reflect, the time to grow, the time to not just be always chasing and running, but actually doing the things in your life that makes a difference, spending time with those people that matter, and also making sure you're growing yourself professionally, uh, personally, spiritually, all those things? Yeah, absolutely. Well, a couple of things that have worked for me, I think, number one, having a really good assistant. Um, if you have the privilege of having an assistant, knowing how to work together, um, I think is really important. I think number two is identifying what are your unique abilities and competencies? What are the things that really add the most value to your business uh, that only you can do and focusing on those things and putting people around you that can do things that you might enjoy, um, but other people can do them just as well or better. And so we eliminate things um, that uh, you know, others can, can step in and do. I think it's uh, a lot of this is about scheduling as well. Um, so having an ideal week. I mean, I'd love for you to take some time even this weekend to step back and say, if I time blocked my week, what would my ideal week look like? And, you know, developing those rhythms is critical to say, okay, you know, perhaps, you know, and, and you'd have to apply it to your world, but, you know, Monday is processing day and paperwork day and Tuesday and Wednesday are sales days. And, you know, I mean, it's got to work for you and you know your rhythms, but thinking about it at that high level, stepping back and to say, if I were to design my ideal week, and by the way, that it needs to include some exercise and some opportunity to really grow in your faith and, you know, invest in people that are important to you. And, uh, you know, just having time for yourself to reflect and look back what worked last week, what didn't work, what's coming up this week. Um, if you were to put all of those pieces and parts in, 
first of all, you may realize you're doing too much. And so that may be getting back to this idea of saying no, you may need to back out of some things, but at least you'd have a template then to say, okay, this is what my ideal week looks like. Now, let me compare that to what last week looked like and let me figure out what changes I need to make so that you can establish the rhythms. And I think time blocking is a great way to do this to be able to, again, focus on only what you can do and where you can add the most value to your business and still be able to win at work and succeed at life, which you know a lot of people will do one and forsake the other. I believe you can do both. I love that. I absolutely love that. That's so much wisdom right there. Thank you for sharing that, Rob. And, you know, you talked about time blocking is something that I talk about all the time. Look, Super Bowl winning football teams, they block and tackle well. Okay. If we want to succeed in all aspects of life, and that's our goal, we've got to block and tackle well. And, you know, one of the things that I teach all the time is when you're time blocking, you're setting that ideal week, which I love how you put, I love that terminology. You got to also plan for the unplanned. That's the mistake I think a lot of people make is we go in and we schedule and plan and time block for the things that we know we need to do. But every one of us has two to three hours a day of things that come up that we never could have planned for. They're going to happen every day. You're going to have to address them and take care of them. And that ends up eating into our overflow and reduces our margin for time. If you're planning for that, if I go into the day and say, I'm working nine hours today, but you know what? I'm going to plan for three hours for things are going to happen that I don't know what they are right now. I'm going to block out 15 minute increments throughout the course of my day in different places, just so I've covered for that time. Now you can actually be done in the nine hour period you started with and go enjoy the rest of life, which is really critical. So love those tips you had. All right. So let me, let me close out with this. And you know, as we've been sitting here talking, we talked a lot about giving and a lot about generosity and a lot about just, you know, imparting into others. Um, Proverbs 327, King Solomon, it comes to mind when I think of this, when he said, do not withhold good from those with whom it is due when it's in your power to do it. You know, we as we as professionals have an opportunity to impact our customers every day, to impact our families every day, to impact our communities every day, to make a massive difference in the way we live our lives. And giving isn't just monetary giving, but it, it's giving in your time, your talents, your treasure, all of those things matter. Um, what I'd like to, to wrap up this interview with is the question that I ask every one of my guests, and you, you kind of alluded to it earlier, and that is about mentors. You know, I, I know for me, there was a couple of people in my life that were instrumental, that literally changed the course of my life and, and really made me who I am today. And I'm so grateful and thankful for all of them. I would love if you would share, if, if you don't mind, just a story of, you know, th thinking about your life and how it transpired. Was there anybody that was monumentally life-changing to you from a mentorship standpoint? What did that look like? And, and what can the audience glean and learn from that for themselves in their lives? Yeah. Well, it's a great question. And, and I couldn't agree more. You know, having those kinds of relationships are invaluable throughout your life into forming you into who you are today. Um, you know, two people come to mind immediately. One would be my dad. He and I were business partners together after college and building that financial services firm. And it was some of the best years of my life working alongside my father and uh, learning uh, everything I did about business from him. He was my primary teacher. But then the second person is the 
founder of Kingdom Advisors, Ron Blue, has been a mentor of mine for uh, you know 20 years now. And um, Ron has written 20 books on personal finance, but the wisdom that he um, operates with is just incredible. And the integrity that he's known for, I think, is one of the hallmarks of uh, who he is as a person that's transpired to me, um, just operating with absolute integrity, doing what you say you're going to do, which is so um, uh, is so unusual these days, unfortunately. Uh, and to your point, uh, he's one of the most generous people I've ever met. I mean, one of the fun things that he does is he keeps um, a wad of 20s in his uh, pocket, and he's just constantly looking for people to hand them to. His favorite person to give them to is the, and, and he'll tell if you ask him, he'll he'll go on for 20 minutes about it. His favorite person to give these 20s to is the person that's the bathroom attendant at the airport. Um, because this is a person that's often completely overlooked. You know, nobody pays any attention to this person. They're doing a difficult job. They're there, you know, making sure everything's clean. People are rushing by him, probably bumping into him along the way. And he loves to just stop. And I think this just says a lot about who he is and just say, thank you for what you're doing. And, and then hand them a couple of 20s. And he says the, the reactions that he gets is just amazing. And so I think that the principle of just seeing the people on your path, again, having the margin where you're not running to the next thing. So you can actually take five minutes and acknowledge somebody and then actually having the intentionality to have those 20s in your pocket that you can hand to somebody and just say thank you um, has really been key to me. And this principle that he's taught me is that giving breaks the power of money over your life. Money has a tendency to have a grip on our lives if we allow it to. Um, and it can become not a means to an end or a tool to accomplish God's purposes in our lives and in the lives of others, which is its proper role. It can have a tendency to become the end, right? Money is the aim. It's no longer the tool to accomplish what I believe I'm, I'm supposed to accomplish. And when it becomes the end in and of itself, which is not its proper role, it has a grip on our lives um, that can be really unhealthy. And generosity, the act of holding it loosely and giving generously to participate in the lives of helping others uh, just brings not only incredible joy, as you know, Dale, uh, but also it loosens the grip of money over your life so you can live with freedom and contentment and joy. And that's something that Ron has really taught me well. Unbelievable. You know, mentors are so critically important in our life. And those last three words you said, contentment, joy, ha having, having just a, a life where, you know, you can really live to the fullest. It really does. It's amazing how when you give, you get way more than you ever give. I've, I've learned that so many times in my life. You know, you just can't ever lose when you're generous. There's just no question about it. It was funny when you were mentioning what Ron does, it made me think back to a story when my wife, Laurel, and I used to run a youth group years ago. Every Christmas, we would take the kids out, and it was high school and middle school kids, and, and we would just we'd go get a bunch of cash at the bank, and we'd hand them each $100, and we'd say, okay, you're going to use it. You're going to go around with an adult and you're going to figure out places to use it where you think people need it. And the stories we would hear from that, you know, they would, they would drive by, they'd see a gas station and they'd see some, 
some lady out there filling their gas up and they walk up and say, we want to pay for your gas. And, and, and some of those stories that came back, you know, turned out this woman starts crying because she's a single mom. She didn't, you know, it was the last 50 bucks she had. And it, and it just, it never ceased to amaze me how there was just so much blessing in that and how God had just provided such cool things. I just, I love that message of generosity. I always have. And I think it's really powerful. Well, Rob, it has been such an honor to, to have you here. I so appreciate you taking the time. So many bits of just golden nuggets of advice. How can people contact you um, if they want to? Uh, what would be the best avenue for that? Yeah, a couple of things. One would be just to visit our website again, kingdomadvisors.com, learn more about the organization, find a study group near you, jump in, get to know those other advisors that are Kingdom Advisors members. Uh, I'd love for you to reach out to me. The best way is probably through LinkedIn. Just send me a message there. I'll get back to you. If I can do anything to serve you, I'd be happy to. And then one last thing, you you guys uh, created the MoneyWise app. It's an incredible financial uh, tool, uh, one that I would recommend that people check out. Where would they check out your MoneyWise app and anything you want to add about that as we kind of wrap this up? Yeah, I'd be happy to. Uh, the MoneyWise app, um, I'm biased, but I think it's the very best money management system out there today. You know, there's YNAB and there's Every Dollar, and, uh, you know, there's a number of them. Mint, of course, comes to mind. Um, this one is a bit different in the sense that it's three money management systems in one. And so, what we've done is we recognize that. The different money personalities want to manage money differently, right? So you could be directional, not detailed. You might be more of a hands-off kind of person versus a hands-on. And depending upon your money personality, um, you may want a tracking-only option where you connect to your institutions, download your transactions, but it just gets organized by category. So you can just kind of monitor it. That's for the directional people all the way to the digital envelope system where literally envelopes get funded automatically on a schedule you establish, uh, transactions automatically download, get placed in those envelopes. So you're always reconciled back to your funding accounts and you can see to the penny what's in each envelope. And then we have a middle option as well, which we call plan and track. So it's a money management tool that's the beautiful UI and simple to use and latest technology, but it fits kind of who you are or if you were to recommend it to your clients, kind of fits or they can allow it to fit to who they are. And then alongside that, you'll also find our Learn tab, which is where we're aggregating content from the leading content providers in finance in the world. And it's all there in one place. And then our MoneyWise community, where people are posting questions all the time. And we have these MoneyWise coaches that are answering their questions. And so, um, you know, you put all that together, the money management system, the learn, the community, and it's just this really cool digital community of people just wanting to manage money wisely and be found faithful. Love it. And I would, I would agree with you. It's, it's the best, it's the best application I've seen out there. I highly recommend it to everybody who listens to this podcast, go check it out. Rob, it's, it's been an honor to have you. God bless you for all the work that you're doing. I, I want to wish you and Julie and your family just the merriest of Christmases and the happiest of New Year's. And I look forward to working with you again in 2022. And thanks for thanks for gracing us with your time today. We really appreciate it. Well, it's my privilege, Dale. I think the world of you and your team there at Mortgage Champions, what you're doing literally around the globe and taking part of what God has entrusted you with to bless others, but also the way you equip these mortgage professionals is just second to none. There's nobody doing what you're doing uh, at the level you're doing it with quality education and, and encouragement. So it's a privilege to partner with you, my friend, and thanks for the invitation today. Thank you, my friend. Appreciate that. God bless.
Batting a Thousand is a production of Mortgage Champions, a company that's been transforming the people who transform companies since 1995. Have a suggested topic or guest? Contact my team on Twitter. That's at Dale Vermillion. Or tweet us using the hashtag batting1000. That's hashtag batting1000. Hey there, audio listener, producer Jake here. You should know that Rob and the MoneyWise team recently released an app that's not only super helpful for managing your own finances, but actually a great resource for your clients. There are budgeting and investment tools, as well as a built-in community where users can get personalized tips for their situation from trusted partners, including Dale and our team. The app is right here on my phone. It's super easy to download. All you have to do is just visit the app or Google Play Store and type in MoneyWise. That's one word, MoneyWise, to check it out.